Welcome to the Lodge. You've accessed the LodgeCast experience. Warning, warning. Dangerous spoilers ahead. Enjoy. Hello and welcome once again to Hot Takes. I'm your large master with me as always is Brother Bishki. It's the little things. And Brother Lucas. How's the trunk space? Oh, God. (laughs) Tonight. Tonight we have a movie that a ton of people must have seen already. Like, uh, it's, it's, it's a straight dump to HBO Max. It's called The Little Things. But but actually, it's not just a straight dump. It got $4 million gross theatrical. So it's technically the number one movie at the theatrical box office oh, this Jesus. week. Oh. <laughs> oh, everything. Everything's such a mess. Like, nobody knows. <laughs> nobody knows what's going on. Like, yeah, sure. This is the number one movie in America. Fine. $4 million. <laughs> we got a cavalcade of stars. We got Denzel. Academy Award winner. We got Rami Malek, Academy Award winner. We got Jared Motherfucking Leto, Academy of Fucking Award winner. Like, what could go wrong? You don't even need to write a script, right? Oh. You just get him in a get him in a room, get him in an interrogation room, and magic happens. Give him some motivation, yeah. Give him some uh, props and like spin him around three times and let her rip. <laughs> so basically, this movie. I had heard nothing about it. I just saw it pop up on HBO Max like everybody else in in the world. And I'm like, oh, Denzel equals Gravitas. So you got to check it out. And at first you, you, you feel like it's like a comfortable Denzel role for you to watch. It's like he's this cop. He's down on his luck. He's working in Kern County, California, which all three of us are very familiar with. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's got some dark past, some dark past that that everybody... He's haunted. He's a haunted he's man. He's haunted. Everybody's whispering about his past. And he comes back down to uh, to L.A. to, what, deliver some evidence or pick up some evidence, get some evidence tested. <laughs> and he slowly gets drawn back into his own life. He gets onto a case and he tries to help solve it, even though he's, like we said, quite haunted. So, basically... This is seven. Like, the elephant in the room is... Uh, such a watered-down a- afterbirth <laughs> of seven. Yeah. It's, it's the afterbirth 30, of 30, seven. 25 years later, yeah. And Oy. it is set Oof. in 1990. It's set in 1990. It's a very... What I, what I refer to as a soft period piece. Where soft. You have a no-doubt poster in one of the apartments. Uh, uh. There's a bonfire of the Vanities billboard at one point. <laughs> what was there? That's cool. Yeah, yeah. It's like, why is this set in 1990? And then you learn it. the script was written in 1993, and they just didn't update it. And what Too blew my mind, John, John Lee Hancock uh, wrote and directed The Little Things, and he wrote it in 93. But what blew my mind was that back then, he actually got Steven Spielberg to attach himself as the director and I'm, wow. I'm just like, what was that first draft like? Yeah. Because I feel somehow 30 years later, 25 years later, whatever John Lee Hancock, you know, revised or rewrote, you know, was just this disaster of a, a police procedural, you know. Yeah. I mean, I've at once seen 
500 police procedurals just like this, and I've seen nothing like this <laughs> because it doesn't it doesn't give you any of the pleasures that you normally derive from those movies. It takes all those away and gives you other shit that maybe it thinks it knows you want, but you really don't. I mean, let me let me just walk the audience through like the cold <laughs> opening, the cold open, the prologue, the teaser, uh-huh. whatever you want to call it, the pre-credit sequence. B-52s. Uh, yeah, it, it gets off on the wrong foot. Not with the B-52s, I love them. Um, but it opens with a young girl, like a young t- teenage girl driving down uh, a lonely backcountry road in Kern County. So think like the desert, you know. Singing along to Rome. It's got a whiff of that, you know, Silence of the Lambs, American Girl scene with Brooke Smith before she gets abducted by Buffalo Bill. And sure enough, this vehicle like speeds up behind her. And long story short, the girl like gets ahead of the the vehicle, the, oh, per- the perpetrator. And, yeah. and she sees like a gas station. Oh. And so they don't establish that her car is about to run out of gas. There's no insert no. of like the, the tank is empty and she's like slowing down. She purposely speeds into the gas station slams on her brakes gets out of her car and like tries going for help at the gas station of course is closed or abandoned in what universe is that the correct move oh my god (laughs) and so as soon as that happened i just kind of washed my hands of it and was like well (laughs) well it's the little things you know it's the little things that make me want 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 to like a a movie and this is like blowing it this is like a fumble right off the bat she finds she stops a trucker and then she just kind of like kneels down and the scene is over no violence No sting, no, no like button on it. It's just, and then it just says the t- the title card, the little right. Things. And I thought that for sure the trucker was going to be Jared Leto, and then he was going to like slit her throat or something. You're right, Bishki. And then nothing. Then it's just like, nope. There's that's, no violence. That's it. In this that's whole movie, it. the other aspect. I mean, there are countless, but another aspect of this that really brings to mind David Fincher's seminal classic Seven is. That the threat of Jared Leto showing up looms over the whole picture. If you know he's in it, he's the spacey role. He's the John Doe. And you know he's coming, but you just don't know when. And we'll we'll get there. But you're just on the edge of your seat waiting for him to come up and piss in the punch bowl. Anyway, before we get to him, Rami Malek is... Weird. <laughs> he, por- he portrays the guy that took Denzel's spot at his precinct he's the new guy and listen i know he's an academy award winner i know you know i enjoyed mr robot like everybody else did but this dude creeps me the fuck out he creeps me out like he's the serial killer man i feel the same i feel the same way i think he's a great actor when he's cast correctly but as a suburban, normal dad, family man never, of two kids. Never. I'll never buy him he's, he's too unnerving and, and bug-eyed and like strung out. Like he just feel, yes. I feel like him and Caleb Landry Jones need to make oh, a movie yeah. together because oh, yeah, those two yeah. guys, like if I was trapped in a room with them, oh. I would be like having a panic attack. I would start to like, you know, yeah. freeze up. Like two serial I, like, killers. Uh, yeah, I was about to get <laughs> disemboweled by them both. You know, he feels like he's trying to fill the role of like a new Jeff Goldblum. You know how Jeff Goldblum can be a little weird, but Goldblum is charming. Rami Malek is like half this movie. I'm like, he's got to be the killer. Why else yeah. is he acting like that? Why Fair. is he playing like that? I actually thought that was going to be the twist as well. Like that, that he was the killer and Leto was the red herring. Sure. 
and Denzel was going to catch him or maybe not. Yeah. But like, I and thought. He's, and Denzel's always telling him, you know, it's the little things. It's the little things that get you caught. And then, and then Rami Malek will just stare bug eyed at him. And I'm like, <laughs> this is a showdown between cop and killer. It has to be. Nope. Oh, Not a chance. Oh, man. Not a chance. So, Bishki, what were you thinking when the table was set? Like, oh, you, you just watched this movie. I just watched this film. Um, <laughs> it is like the anti hard charging. Like, it is yes. like, in terms of hard charging detective movies, I mean, this one yeah. I think clocks in at two hours and 15 minutes. Uh, and it felt like a TV show. Like, like yeah. maybe at one point in development, it was going to be a TV show or something, but it's like, it could have been like a half hour TV show with as much plot as in this movie. Like it could yeah. have been cut way down. Like, yeah, I, I felt that it felt like a TV show as well. Like it definitely yeah. had that, uh, Dexter, uh, showtime vibe. Yeah. It didn't look great. John Lee Hancock is boring, man. <laughs> I've seen a few of his films. They're boring. The Alamo, the founder, <laughs> The Blind Side, oof, all boring. Oof, I haven't oof. seen any of those. Well, you know, Denzel's character is very haunted in this, and he sees these apparitions of these dead girls in his room that I had to call student feature certification on. Mm -hmm. I, had, yep. I, I had to call him right up. Ooh, student feature certified. He's just looking around his room, and you see these, like, girls, like, wrapped in sheets with, like, really basic dead makeup on you just see how bored denzel is he's got a five trillion yard stare during most of this movie yeah i th i felt it was student feature certified whenever he was driving the the plates the rear projection was so yeah. bad i was like how much money did you spend on it post? feels like a 90s movie oh. it feels like it was shot in the 90s for better or for definitely worse but they're snooping around. Denzel's got a different. He follows. He follows the beat of his own drummer. He follows a bit of a different track sometimes when he's doing his detective work. He uses instinct, and this instinct leads him through a few jumping through a few hoops, and he ends up at this appliance repair shop. And he's questioning the owner about the people that work there because one of the workers might have been involved in this this murder that he's investigating. And it's a little moment. It's 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 maybe two seconds, but I gotta call this the salad dragon. <laughs> you see, just kind of a group of of workers in the back. I don't know if they're eating lunch or playing cards or something. And Denzel walks away, and he's about. He turns around. He's about to look into those workers, maybe ask him a question. Then he thinks better of it. Continues walking. And then the long, dark-haired worker we see from behind at first turns around with a shocked expression. And lo and behold, it's Jared Leto. <laughs> yeah. It's the Leto reveal. He, he, looks, he looks like a frightened, like, Japanese, like, old woman, you know? Like, he's just like... I was shocked. I yeah. was shocked when I saw him. And I knew he was coming. So, uh... <laughs> It was weird. I, I mean, I didn't. I didn't understand if that scene was supposed to be suspenseful or 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 what. Because did Denzel know that he was there or like oh, looking for him? That's an hour I, into the movie too. It's so an hour just, in, yeah. you guys. It takes an hour to set the table for this stupid thing. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, and it's it's but it's 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 
that turn of events when Leto shows up falls flat and it's not. Of course it does. It's not uh, the way like John Doe shows up because at least with Seven, you had John Doe attacking them. They chase him. There's like this whole other thing. But with this, it's like, no, Denzel's just doing a little legwork. He's like picking up some slack. He's helping Rami Malek with the investigation. He's checking out a lead that like takes them, yeah, to this laundry cleaner, you know, seamstress or wherever it was. And it's supposed to be like, ah, that that is him. Leto is hilariously up his own ass in this. Like, what is he basing this performance on? Like, like every yeah. stereotype of a serial he's killer. Everything. Ever, yeah. He's basing it on like a like a nineteen eighties like guitar like center salesman like he's got like <laughs> like long yeah. hair and a beard yes. and like a little bit of a paunch like a fake pot belly and oh, he's got so this fake. weird voice like we'll go for tacos later it's um, so weird do you have a waiver of my rights card that i can sign <laughs> there's at one point he says holy guacamole holy guacamole meeny meeny money like that <laughs> he's got some lines you lost that control. was old in, that was old in 93 guys like yeah. that, you don't you don't you don't have your killers say that let alone now and despite uh. despite all these weird lines and weird performance he is golden globe nominated for oh. best no song. yes Man. no yes no yeah Bisky, no and yeah. meanwhile delroy lindo was snubbed for for no. five nominations no. yeah in this godforsaken year, in this godforsaken year. God damn it! <laughs> now look, no. now look. The, the 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 kiss of death for this movie is is the the casting. I think Rami Malek might not been the correct choice to put in the mix with the other two actors. However, if, if 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 I was John Lee Hancock and was given the same three actors with the same script. Yeah, I am shuffling that deck and rearranging those chairs. How are you shuffling them? Well, well, obviously it feels like Rami Malek could be stepping into fuck, Mary kill. Yeah, the Jared Leto role, the serial killer role, because he is kind of bug-eyed and creepy, like I said, and we all kind of think of him as like a He's secret. He's way like, creepier than Leto is. And then you know you make Jared Leto the Denzel character, and then you make Denzel the Rami Malek character. Leto looks haunted as fuck. But then I was thinking, out of those three actors, the heavyweight, the one with the gravitas, the one that is haunted, the one that does scare me in a room is Denzel. So why right. not make Denzel the Jared Leto role and, and have Jared Leto be the Rami Malek role, and Rami Malek kind of play off his Mister Robot, like I'm the savant, like you know, uh, loser in Kern County who comes into town to like help people hack the mainframe or people whatever. just don't understand his methods because he's weird because he's younger yeah. yeah he's like younger and he's different and i don't know like yeah i don't know but i think the way they cast each of it it was too like just not it was just perfunct it felt like an snl digital short without the <laughs> jokes yep. like it yep. was another one of those like yep like for instance, for, for instance, for instance, Rami Malik playing the hard charging detective who who will stop at nothing. Like, how long is your watch? As long as it takes to get justice. Um, he he goes to the like crime lab to get these fingerprints analyzed, and the fingerprint like criminal like analyst guy is straight up out of a 90s sitcom. It's like central yeah. casting, goober, like dude with glasses, just being smug, yep. like a video store yep. clerk. And it's like, 
uh, like, what's the tone of this? Like, this is now veering into SNL territory. Yeah. It's got some really bad, like, L.A. actors supporting cast in it. Like, really bad. Like, <laughs> Well, you know what ties the whole room together aggressively is the Thomas Newman score. That mm. never ends. Oh, man. So it sleepy. never ends, guys. So I can't believe I stayed up for this. This is so, so sleepy. <laughs> uh, I know. Again, it's like you have three Oscar winners. I doubt any one of them was directed. No. Like, I don't think you can say shit to any of them. No. So they're all in their own movie. That's mm-hmm. the problem. It's pulling in like three, at least three different directions. And you get them all into an interrogation room finally, and <laughs> the big, the big explosive moment is Jared Leto looking at some some photos of the dead women, and Denzel leaping up. He's been asleep the whole movie, leaping up, pinning him, pinning him against the wall, and says, "Your dick is as hard as Chinese arithmetic right now." That's when I was just like, it doesn't matter if your ingredients are the freshest. Like you have the three like greatest actors of all time and you have them in a room. You got to give them something good to do. You got to give them a story that makes us care because star power alone ain't going to do it. It's an offensive minstrel of all the fucking movies that have come before it, not least of which is fucking Seven, which it takes the entire last third <laughs> as its mm-hmm. own. I know. I mean, it's yeah. really bad. I, I feel like it's so not a movie of modern times, which is why they're trying to kind of make it this period piece, you, you know, even predating it to 93. But like, yeah. even then, you're right. Like, I don't know what John Lee Hancock's like in- inception was or what initiated the idea in his mind to write it. Like, I'm trying to think if it was like Natural Born Killers or like some other script that he had read yeah. where he was like, oh, I can do this. Like, I can do something like that. Or maybe it was Seven. Like, maybe he read Andy Kevin Walker's draft and like wanted to write his own competing project. Like, I don't know. But it's like, yeah, what what is this about? Like, who's this for? Like, are we supposed, is it, because it really, I guess, just plays like a straight drama like it's not a thriller it's not uh thrilling it's not suspenseful there's no action like bishki said there's no violence you know except for crime scene photos which i mean if you've seen true detective this is like child's play like there's nothing here that we haven't seen a million times before leto drives rammy to a presumed burial site of one of the dead women and they leave they leave denzel behind jared leto says in this movie academy award winner to academy award winner your butt buddy is not invited. Oh, P.S. Your butt buddy's not invited. That's the line that is spoken in this movie. And so they drive in this car, like, trying to out-weird each other the whole time. Just two fucking weirdos. And, mm-hmm. like, I think Let you can see Leto understands that Rami Malek is, like, actually weird. So he's trying to, like, pump up his own weird to try to match him or best him. Like, who knows what kind of Oscar coxmanship was going on on that set. (laughs) But they're driving the car, and it's just like fucking Seven. He's, like, playing mind games with him out in this field with a shovel. But there's nothing, there is literally, literally, literally nothing at stake. 
Uh, the first hour I watched without subtitles, and then the second hour I watched with subtitles because, like Bishki said, I was like, I was, I was worried I was going to fall asleep. Yeah, and uh, I was keep I was your think- mind snappy with reading. Yeah, and I was thinking like, even though the dialogue isn't great, like maybe I'm missing something. Like I, I need to like focus on this because again, That's like nice I, of you, I might be That's projecting nice you. like more into it than I'm really seeing. But it, yeah, it's flat. Like the whole thing is just flat and tone deaf and like just just like uh, white noise, you know. And there's a little twist at the end. <laughs> And it's like, whoa, who gives a shit? Yeah. It's like, I don't even want to spoil it because I don't care enough. I think we can just like, who, who I cares? didn't care either. I, no, yeah. I didn't care. I honestly, why, waste, why waste the energy spoiling it? I honestly shrugged. It was a shrug too. I, I knew it was coming. I was like, oh, I know right. I know right where this is going. And I was like, mm-hmm. it's a mega shrug. I was like, mm-hmm. but, yeah. but the sad thing is, you know, I've typed in the little things into Google and <laughs> there's a there's a depressing amount of headlines that say the ending of the little things explained. Uh, and I'm just like I'm just like that is just uh, we're slipping. We're slipping folks as a society. <laughs> man, I've read reviews of other movies where like I'm convinced people only watch like the beginning because that's all they're reviewing yeah. or critiquing and I'm like, but you didn't see the rest of it though because otherwise you wouldn't be saying what you're saying in the begin about the beginning. But we're yeah. We're entering just a bold new era of of really <laughs> really letting our attention slip. There's, you know, I remember being this is a tangent, but I remember being so offended when I first heard the term second screen experience. Have you guys ever heard that? That means Mm-mm. back in the day, that just means you're looking at your iPad or your phone while you're watching something else. Uh, it's your uh. second all all these shows wanted to enhance your second screen experience by giving you like trivia to look at or like other mm. bullshit to distract you from what's going on on the main TV. Now I'm thinking two screens isn't enough. People are probably on third and fourth screens. They got like a chat window open over here. (laughs) They got their laptop over here. They're supposed to be doing some homework. They got their phone and maybe an iPad. And there's also a movie. Oh, yeah. There's also a movie going on. Yes. Like four screens. That's 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 where we're at. <laughs> mobile, mobile, tablet, desktop, and the TV screen. I mean, I know, I know, it's three screens for me. It's like whatever I'm projecting oh. with my laptop in my lap while my phone is like next to me. You know, like that's true. Yeah, I somehow gave it undivided attention, but oh, I was trying I'm sorry. to fall asleep. I'm sorry, Bishki. I was trying to fall asleep. Well, on that hard charging note, let's go to them little things, bone. I mean, we're all in the same boat here. I mean, there's no <laughs> like who <laughs> who are the who are the super fans of the little things? I mean, honestly, <laughs> this movie is so forgettable <laughs> that we could almost not cover it, and I don't think anyone it, would call us on no it. No one you know? would care. Like, no yeah. one would care. And if we weren't doing this right now, we wouldn't remember this movie. I guarantee it. I guarantee no. oh, it. Oh man, absolutely. This is like a living journal for us. This was like as forgettable as like the Hotel Artemis for me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you've invoked Fartimus. All right. So, Brother Bishki, you're fresh from battle. I'm fresh. Let's hear hear what Uh, you got. I can't recommend this to any, anyone. Nobody. Nobody. (laughs) 
Um, I'm not a big true crime serial killer guy. Um, you know, I I like some, kind of the the core film, Seven, Manhunter, Silence of the Lambs. But outside of that, I'm not like watching true crime documentaries all the time, and I've never seen Mindhunter. So it's not really my genre anyway, but this seemed like, even for that genre, like really like John Lee Hancock is just god-awful boring in terms of directing, lifeless, <laughs> procedural, no violence, no nothing to hook you back in. Mm. Sleepy Thomas Newman. Um, <laughs> I kind of like the score. Yeah, I mean, the score wasn't bad. It was just didn't help the film. It wasn't, no. you know, help the tone of the film. Uh, good, good, good music to do your taxes to. But Rami, Rami Malik is going to give, uh, I'm going to give him one half of a bone for oh, his why? strange, bizarre, <laughs> like, creeped Look out. Look in my eyes. Tell me that <laughs> like the never blinks. Not the, the guy never blinks. And so I'm going to give him the Roger Ebert <laughs> Memorial half bone. I hated, hated, hated this movie. Oh, right. That's as far as I'm going to go. There's nothing else for this film for me. I'm sorry. All uh, right. It's a All half right. bone. Half a bone. Oh, half man. bone from Brother Bisky. Brother Lucas, what you doing? You know, I uh, I really just, yeah, I can't believe how you have those actors in, in this ballpark arena of like uh, a genre film, you know, detective, killer, procedural, whatever. And like you can whiff this hard, you know, it's it's kind of yeah. it kind of shows you like how we can lose touch with what's fashionable or what's cool or what's hip or what's entertaining, you know, like maybe yeah. maybe in 93 there was a different version of this script that hit a lot harder on the page. And, you know, there was no internet back then. We weren't oversaturated yeah. with true crime shit. Like, so maybe- It was pre-seven. Yeah, maybe Spielberg was like, oh my God, this speaks to me. I, I'm Rami Malek, you know, or I'm Denzel <laughs> Washington. Um, but, I'm Jared Leto. Right. <laughs> but like in 2021, um, yeah. 21, this, mind you, this shit don't fly. Um, and I, and I'm watching this thinking, could you imagine being, you know, the Warner brothers, uh, film executive, like listening to John Lee Hancock's agent, like pitch you this idea. Like, this is what he wants to do. And he's got Denzel. He's got this. They, they probably packaged it. They like, they probably, you know, the agency probably got everyone like on board and then yep. took it to Warner brothers, shopped it around and they were like, okay, we'll do it. But it's like, could you imagine just listening to the pitch where in twenty in twenty twenty one or twenty twenty or whenever yeah. they filmed it, and it's like, this is what it is, and you're like, uh huh, uh-huh. and and then Denzel's a ghost or something, and like it turns out he's a ghost, <laughs> right? It's like, no, 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 yeah. no, he's real, he's a real guy, and you're like, it's like it's like Disney listening to the Lady in the Water pitch and just being like, listen, we love you, but. You know, we don't get it, but yeah, yeah, go for it. Uh, and so I honestly, I want to give this, I would like to give this one bone for the actors and, and like yeah. the general premise, but it is so fucking bad. I have to give it a woof. Like this is worthless. Like this yeah. is absolutely, utterly irredeemable. It's a paycheck for everyone top to bottom. And and it's just, it's amazing how good actors can be bad when the material is like 
SNL digital short quality. Like they, they've yeah. smashed it out in a week and we're going to shoot it, you know, for the studio audience, you know, on a pre-show like the week, but I don't know. It's just like, oh, it's bad. That's a woof from LT. <sighs> Straight up. Well-deserved. Listen, I'm creeped out by Rami Malek, at least his cinematic performances. Bishki, you're kind of warming me up a little bit to it, though, because he is the only thing that I've been thinking about consistently. Him interacting with his suburban family and <laughs> and them trying to sell him as a suburban, like, milk toast dad. That might be the scariest thing I've seen in, like, five years. So that is ringing around in my head. I also want to give it a woof so bad. But... The fact that this feels like a movie that Vinny from Entourage would be in, probably in the Malik role, like a hard, it feels like a hard-boiled detective spoof and all the Entourage boys would get hyped up and they'd be like, you're playing opposite Denzel, Vinny, this is the big time. Like, I was thinking of that the whole time. Oh, man, so that is I, actually funny as hell, man. I'd watch that if movie. I could, if I could deep fake Vinny Chase into the Malik role, but keep the eyes... Like the eyes are still huge oh and non-blinking. Oh man, that that might be a two and a half bone movie for me. But oh. as it is, wait. By the way, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Can, can we have a movie where instead of like prosthetic teeth or prosthetic nose, it's prosthetic eyeballs? Prosthetic Rami eyes. <laughs> Rami eyes. He could license them. He could be like, "Do you want that unnerving stare that only I can provide?" License it. Because I think Jared Leto had a fake nose in this movie, I think. Yeah, of course he did. Of course he did. And shaved He probably got plastic surgery to change his nose. But as it is, Bishki, you know, you, you, you hit me at an interesting angle. I rejected it outright. But I do have to give a Roger Ebert Memorial Halfbone for Rami Malek's bizarre performance. I hated, hated, hated this movie. That's the only thing that'll save it from complete woofdom. Because yeah. that's the only thing I'm ever going to remember from this. Yeah. So I'm puzzled. I'm puzzled that it's getting like oof. the ratings are kind of decent for it. Like, what are the ratings? Oof. Do we know? They're Rotten like fifty percent. They're like fifty percent audience and critics. No. Uh, and we got a Golden Globe nominee in it. Like this is. No. I think I think people are just grading on a curve because they miss their friends and they miss seeing familiar yeah. faces and it's like, oh, I know these actors. Oh, everything's yep. fine. Yeah. Everything's normal. I think, sadly, you're right, Lucas. <laughs> That's what we're dealing with. But you're getting the truth from us, folks, unvarnished. <laughs> we don't sugarcoat it here. Yeah, no, I'm not, do no, I'm not doing quarantine bumps anymore. I'm in too much pain. No, I'd rather watch my, my neighbor's vacation videos on their cell phone. Like, and this is <laughs> Bali, like, with our masks on. Like, oh, it's cool. Bishki is done with quarantine bumps, folks. You've heard it here yeah. first. That's yeah. brutal. I need to do some bumps in quarantine. Yeah. <laughs> Hook me up. All right, boys. Well, we survived it. And if you're listening and you're going to watch it, you know what? Watch Seven instead. Trust me. Seven yes. de really delivers much harder. Uh, agreed. Or watch them both at the exact same time and see what, what matches up. And play uh, Dark Side of the Moon while you do it. <laughs> <laughs> Love and light, y'all. Love and Love light, fam. Be safe and don't pull over at a gas station if they're chasing you. No, keep fucking driving. Jesus. Though they say you're not my friend, you've been here through thick and thin. And for that little girl, I love you. And all I want to do is talk about you. I 
tell the world that I love you so. No, they put me down because I love you as much as I do. But they don't know what you've done for me. You made such a happy man out of me. And I. This shit don't fly.